hear this a lot from the the anti-police activists that say, well, your job really isn't that dangerous. You know, more lumberjacks are killed per capita than police officers. Well, you know, the damn tree isn't trying to kill the lumberjack. Police, police work is literally the only profession in this country, other than our brave servicemen and women, that you go to work every single day and there are people actively trying to kill you. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired of you out there lying about the brave and noble professional law enforcement. The men and women that are out there putting their lives on the line every single day to make sure that you're safe deserve better. This is a dangerous time for law enforcement and it's created by people who are more interested in the problem than they are any solutions. Never has it been harder to be a police officer in this country. We're going to take our voice back. We're going to become the national voice for law enforcement that we so desperately needed. Stunning report from the National Fraternal Order of Police. The Fraternal Order of Police, the world's largest police union. Fraternal Order of Police. The National Fraternal Order of Police. Activist groups and others have done their very best to crumble us. And yet we stand. We've never had a voice like this powerful before. This is The Blue View, a podcast for the National Fraternal Order Police. Cities across America are experiencing some of the highest murder rates ever recorded. It's not surprising, so are attacks on law enforcement. There have been 346 officers were shot in the line of duty last year, 2021. Of that, 63 have died. There's been a 115% increase on, on ambush attacks of law enforcement officers as well. With us today to talk about this very disturbing trend is our National Vice President, Joe Gamaldi, and our National Treasurer, James Smallwood. This is The Blue View. You know, this last, uh, last year has been a very dangerous one for law enforcement. We saw violence increase to a level we hadn't seen before. And, and unfortunately, it's, it's on a trend of three years where we see a steady increase. Uh, Joe, can you share with us those numbers of, of what the uh, 2021 uh, totals were for officers shot in the line of duty and how many actually had passed? Yeah, I mean, it's it's absolutely terrible. We had 346 police officers shot last year. That's actually a 40% increase since 2018. And it's the highest number we've seen since we started tracking this several, uh, several years ago. We had 63 officers die because of that gunfire. And ambush attacks are up 115%. The FBI just released a study that said 2021 was the deadliest year for law enforcement for intentional homicides in the last 20 years. So, I, I mean, I can't stress enough, if you're a police officer, if you're watching this right now, you need to understand that the country is an infinitely more dangerous place than it was just a few years ago, not just for law enforcement, but for our citizens as well. We had 16 American cities experience their highest murder rate ever recorded in history. So something I do every single night, you know, I work night shift and I'm a supervisor and I, I talk to my officers every single night. People are thinking less and less of shooting us and they're thinking less of killing us because they know that there's not going to be consequences for their actions. They know they're just going to get a little slap on the wrist from the rogue DA. They're going to get their PR bond or they're going to get a sweetheart deal when it's all said and done. We have to do our very best to walk, watch each other's backs, make sure that we have backup on these calls when we can, and just be safe. Because ultimately, the most important thing is not only providing you know service to the community and protecting them, but making sure we go home safe to our families. And James, the... As, as staggering as these numbers are, there are two factors that don't uh, that don't add into this equation. The first one is is uh, medical service today, emergency medical 
and a ballistic vest. I mean, we're looking looking at the amount of officers that are shot, uh, and and we're fortunate that uh, we have such a lower number. Uh, but there's another one that's not added into this equation. It's just as important, and that is how many times officers were shot at and simply weren't hit. So the the danger is is clearly uh, increasing, James. Yeah, absolutely. And I think uh, what you're seeing a lot in in rhetoric in the public forums from our activists and agenda driven people are uh, narratives that say that law enforcement is a less dangerous profession today than it was 20 years ago. And nothing could be further from the truth. And, and Pat, you've pointed out exactly why um, it looks that way if you try to spin it. But the reality is the modern advancements in modern medicine, um, the, the technology advancements in our ballistic vests and other things that protect us, uh, they are saving our lives. So while we are seeing a dramatic increase in officers being shot in the line of duty, we are saving their lives because we have these modern medicine practices, because we have these modern technologies to, pre to protect us. And instead of seeing the alarming rate and saying, hey, we got to figure out a way to solve this, we got to figure out a way to make our communities more safe, the activists are using it as, as a way to lie to the community and the public even further. And that's just tragic. Yeah, and let me, you know, let me piggyback on something James just said, because, you know, we hear this a lot from the, the anti-police activists that say, well, your job really isn't that dangerous. You know, more lumberjacks are killed per capita than police officers. Well, you know, the damn tree isn't trying to kill the lumberjack. Police, police work is literally the only profession in this country, other than our brave servicemen and women, that you go to work every single day and there are people actively trying to kill you. So nobody buys their crap. When they say, you know, this isn't a dangerous job and it's about time that people start acknowledging it. And it's about time that every single leader in this country, from the president, senator, represented local officials, talk out and condemn the violence against law enforcement. And while they're at it, why don't they go ahead and pass the Protect and Serve Act, which would make it a federal crime to knowingly assault the police officer. It's well past time. Let's get it done. You know, Joe, you, you were mentioning earlier that uh, across America, what we see is a, a desensitizing to the, I guess, the concerns of having consequences for their actions. And, and clearly that's, uh, it plays a part. Uh, uh, when people assault law enforcement officers, they truly don't feel that uh, in many cities that it's going to have any consequences associated with it. You know, we, we see this trend. This trend is clearly something that, that we has grown over a period of time, certainly over the last two years. But, but there are a number of factors, and one of them clearly is the rogue uh, prosecutors uh, who, are, who are, are not enforcing laws, who are allowing violent cr criminals back on the streets only to, to reoffend. Can you talk a little bit about the, the cities that have that have adopted these really dangerous uh, social experiments and how we're seeing uh, the crime, not only the, the danger for law enforcement officers, but, but the community as well in cities across America. Yeah. I mean, a failed social experiment, I guess, is the best way to put it. And it, it, it's, it's funny when you start looking at the data that the places that embrace these rogue prosecutors and elected them, the places that have bail reform, for whatever reason, they just happen to be leading the nation in murders or they happen to be having record numbers of homicides. You know, this ain't a coincidence, folks. When you go light on criminals, they know, and I'm sure James can back me up on this, officers are telling us, and I see it every single day, you catch them for an ag robbery and they're laughing in the backseat because they know they're gonna get out. And I mean, just to give you an example of how bad it is, with Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, who is federally indicted right now, federally indicted, and yet she is not resigning, continues to cut sweetheart deals for violent felons. I can't, I can't even make this crap up if I wanted to. 
It is completely out of control and we need to get a handle on it because this is not a sustainable path for our communities and it's not a sustainable path for law enforcement. There's no question. And, and and it's obvious that the public is recognizing that you see the sentiment changing across this country. James, what could, could, what could we do uh, public officials and citizens alike to, to change this narrative, to, to re re uh, reverse course of, of this path we've been on for the last two years and make our communities and in uh, our professions more safe. You know, Pat, it's a sad state of affairs when an officer can go out there, apprehend a violent criminal, put them behind bars. And before they're even done putting the ink to paper, that guy is finding his way out of, out of jail and out there terrorizing our communities again. It is an absolutely ridiculous place for our communities, for our society to be in. It's time to correct course on that. And quite frankly, the politicians who are running these shows, the rogue prosecutors, the judges who aren't doing their jobs, the people who are letting these violent criminals back out in the community to terrorize the community members, those people need to be elected. They need to be kicked out of office. When we're going through our election process, the community members that vote need to remember, hey, this judge so-and-so or this prosecutor so-and-so is the reason that I'm experiencing violence in my community. This is the reason my doors are getting kicked in when I'm at work. We've got hardworking men and women all across this country who want nothing more to live in a safe environment, who want nothing more to live safely and peacefully and enjoy where they work, play and live. And the reason that they are experiencing drastic increases in crime in all across of our in, in all of our major cities across the country is because these politicians are using this agenda driven narrative to get more votes that they think are going to win them popularity rather than promoting public safety across the country. And, you know, to James's point, you can actually see the tide turning a bit because, you know, Fox Business Absolutely. and 77 percent of Americans believe that violent crime is a major issue in this country. And obviously they're right. And a recent Pew Research uh, poll said that 77 percent of black Americans didn't want to defund the police. They actually want more police officers in their neighborhood. Listen, the American people, they're not stupid. You know, you have some of these activists and you have some of these politicians who continue to rail against us, but the American public ain't buying. They know police officers provide safety in their community and they know that when we're around that crime is going to decrease. So defunding certainly isn't the answer. We need to make sure that we are embracing the rule of law. OK, we have to vehemently prosecute violent crimes. We need to bring back broken windows theory. And we need to support and fund police departments. And if we start doing those things, we can start getting everything back on track. Uh, no question. And, and, you know, we're talking about uh, these totals and these numbers, these staggering numbers uh, for last year, for 2021. But also, let's just look at the first month in 2022. The trend's not changing. We've had 30 officers shot in the line of duty. That's a 67% increase from this time last year. So the trend is is continuing to to tick upwards, and it's uh, it's it's making our jobs and our profession so much uh, much more difficult, and communities less safe. Yeah, on that point, Pat, I just want to point out that you know it's not just the law enforcement officer that's seeing the spike in violent crime. Our communities all across the country are suffering from criminals attacking them, whether they're using blunt objects or guns or whatever. Violent crime and victimization across our communities in America is spiking and our, and our community members, our citizens are suffering from it. So yeah, while police officers being shot more often and, and higher than ever, our communities are being injured and, and, and victimized by violent crime at a, at a higher rate than we've ever seen before. And I think that's why you're seeing this social experiment fail. I think that's why you're seeing people 
backing away from defund the police narratives because it's not working. It's failing. It's only killing more people in our communities. And now it's time to turn around and correct course. Yeah, they're, you know, they're, hey, they're not backing away. They're running away, James. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you're right about that. Quick no, enough, now they realize what a disaster it's been. We're, we're talking about data that uh, that shows the how violence is continuing against law enforcement. And I think it's important to identify where that data comes from. Uh, the Fraternal Order Police started tracking this data quite some time ago uh, through a federal grant and continues it today, even though the grant has ended. And that's what allows us to have this a better understanding of the amount of officers that were killed or, or being shot in the line of duty. That's not data that was collected uh, previously. So uh, hats off to our to our legislative staff here in Washington, Mark McDonald, who heads this up and, and the great work that they do, giving us the, the material for us to carry that message forward. You know, if you look at uh, the beginning part of last year and just in over a, a, just a, a couple of week period, the Fraternal Order Police has brought this message uh, in the forefront for for America to speak about just how dangerous uh, things are getting across this country. And just in a, in a uh, uh, one month period, we've had 369 mentions on national media sources for a total reach of 994 million impressions. Uh, and that's both on print and, and also cable. Uh, so we're definitely getting that message across. And our members know it. We're not speaking. If you're in law enforcement, you know how dangerous this job is. Uh, uh, James, we'll start with you. And then, Joe, if you could just share from your your members within your your, your local cities that you're in and, and across the country, what is the attitude of law enforcement officers across this country who show up every single day uh, in this type of environment? You know, it is truly remarkable and humbling to see the American law enforcement officer in spite of all the rhetoric, in spite of the narrative, and in spite of the dangers that they know they're walking into, because we've talked about it, right? We've talked about how danger, this job has gotten more and more dangerous year after year, and this year, more than ever, law enforcement officers are being attacked, they're being ambushed, they're being brutalized, but they continue, they're resilient, they continue to show up to work, they continue to stay in the line, they continue to make sure that our communities can be as safe as they possibly can with the resources that their cities are giving them. And that is absolutely remarkable, it's something we should all take a moment to respect. Yeah, I mean, I've been a police officer for 17 years and I, and I gotta be frank, I mean, I, I've never seen morale as bad as it is right now. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, for the, for the better part of a decade, you've had politicians and some in the media, you know, beating the hell out of law enforcement. Now, granted, we're fighting back, and I think that's a sense of pride for all of us that are members of the FOP. But I just want to talk about like our young officers that go out there every day and do it. I have an incredible amount of respect for them. I don't think it's ever been more difficult to be a police officer than it is right now. And that younger generation still has a very long career ahead of them. And then we're certainly going to continue to fight for them every step of the way. But they have my respect because it, it's a tough job, but they still come out there and they do it every single day. But I think it speaks to like why we got into this in the first place. I know it sounds so, you know, generic and cliche that we got in to help people, but we did. And we have servants' hearts and we're willing to keep doing it, even though people continue to attack us. They still go out there. I mean, I'm just amazed at all of us that continue to show up every single day and do the job because, uh, you know, we could be getting paid more for, for what we do every single day. <laughs> we talked about the violence. We know that trees aren't, you know, intentionally trying to kill lumberjacks, but people are trying to kill us. And yet we still go out there and do it. And I, and I think it's really important for us to, to recognize just what you said across this country are so many dedicated men and women who go to work every single day and truly care and make a difference in their communities. And this, uh, this, 
demonization of law enforcement officers across this country uh, is just creating irreparable harm uh, to a profession that is so vital to our, our stability as a, as a country. Uh, so, so thank you for for that. I, I tell you, I'm 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 in awe uh, of of our members and their their commitment to their communities in these in these the worst of times. So, uh, so I'll ask each of you to, uh, Joe, we'll start with you, your final thoughts. Uh, what message do you have for law enforcement officers across this country and for, for those that, uh, that continue to try and demonize law enforcement? Well, to those who continue to try to demonize law enforcement, you know, we ain't your punching bag no more. And we haven't been for years and we're going to continue to fight. We're going to continue to point it out and we will continue to point out how you're accountable for when you badmouth law enforcement. And we're gonna make sure that people in your communities know that you don't appreciate and support law enforcement. And we're gonna make sure that people vote your ass out when you are demonizing us. And for the law enforcement out there, you know what guys and gals, hold your head up high. Don't listen to the stuff that people spew at you. You are doing a noble profession. You're doing an amazing job. As I said before, it's never been harder to be a police officer and yet you're doing it every single day. Don't hang your head. Have a lot of respect, and don't worry. The FOP is going to be here to fight for you every step of the way. So true. Uh, James? Yeah, absolutely. I, I can't repeat better than what Joe just said. We, we are absolutely going to be paying attention to every single person who is out there spewing rhetoric and hate, especially those elected officials, and we're coming after you. We're sick and tired of being sick and tired of you out there lying about the brave and noble professional law enforcement, the men and women that are out there putting their lives on the line every single day to make sure that you're safe deserve better. And I'll leave you with this thought. As we see dramatic increases in violent crime against police officers, we have to recognize that those increases are mirrored in our communities. And if there are criminals out there who are emboldened enough to come after a law enforcement officer who is willing to stand out there and protect the civilians and citizens of our nation, they're certainly willing to come after those, those innocent men and women in our communities. We will continue to stand the line, but we need your help. We need your help to throw those politicians out of office who are being reckless and playing fast and loose with your safety. And we will continue to be here every single day to make sure that we promote safety in your community every single time. Well, thank both of you. Really, the path forward of all of this is, is, is having conversations rather than talking at each other. There are a lot of issues in this in, in all of our communities, none that have to do with law enforcement, not all that have to do with law enforcement, uh, that, that have to do with our quality of life. But we're all invested in, in the success. And, and uh, those, that all starts with a simple conversation, a simple fact-based conversation. And, and we're committed to, to being part of that, uh, that path forward. Uh, we all want the same thing. We want healthy and safe communities and want our jobs to, to, to be safe as well. So, gentlemen, thank you. Thank you for all that you do and your leadership in the FOP. Thank you for being with us today and sharing your thoughts. And uh, y'all be safe. Uh, and, and thank you for, uh, for our listeners for listening to The Blue View. And uh, stay tuned for a lot more information coming in coming weeks. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode of The Blue View, hosted by Patrick Yost, National President of the Fraternal Order of Police. To catch our next episode, be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and review. To get the latest from the National FOP, make sure to follow us on Twitter and Facebook at GLFOP and on Instagram at FOP National. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.